It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Chet Holmgren is a bona fide star, and the Oklahoma City Thunder have arrived after an epic comeback win in Golden State. We'll break it all down on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And on in, in, in today's show, we're going to break it all down from this epic comeback win over the Golden State Warriors. Chet Holmgren is an absolute star. SGA dominates this game. J-Dub was huge down the stretch the rotations, and dive into your biggest takeaways. This was an awesome game from OKC. This is the sixth podcast of the week. So uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this podcast. I think that, you know, to, to kind of deliver or try to deliver for you guys, it's best to just kind of go un, un, uh, outlined on this show. So just popping it on. We're going to read your takeaways at the end as well, because I always want to try to you know, give a little something back to, to everyone who listens every single day making us your first listen. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. So we're going to get into all of that coming up. But today's show might be a little more out all over the place than it usually is. Let me know what you think about uh, that style. But the first things first that we have to talk about is this game just as a whole. And we're going to get into Chet Holmgren. He deserves a, a, a segment alone. But this game from OKC. So when you're looking at it, the Thunder to this point have had a pretty, pretty – uh difficult schedule in the grand scheme of things. And then it gets even harder when they return home because you get the bulls when you turn home, but then you play the Sixers and the Timberwolves and the Mavericks and a lot of really tough teams, the Lakers and, and, and so on and so forth. You play a lot of really tough teams. So they had to take advantage of this stretch as the second young, youngest team in the NBA. They had to take advantage of Thursday night, no Draymond, no Steph. They did that tonight. 
no Draymond, the Warriors got Steph Curry back, and you saw just how awesome Steph Curry was. And even in the early goings, whenever he only took, you know, what was it, five shots in the first like quarter and a half, you still saw the impact he made just based upon how the defense is shading their coverage toward him and the gravity that he brings and opens things up for Kaminga, opens things up for these other players. Uh, that, that spacing, uh, the, 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 those lanes and windows to shoot were not there on Thursday without Steph Curry. And so you saw that's how they were able to break loose and have a better game. And so this was ultimately an insanely tough back and forth game for the majority of this contest until the Warriors went on a run. They closed the half extremely strong, uh, got up by 10 points. Then that lead just kind of ballooned from there, uh, you know, going all the way up by 18 points uh, in the middle of the third quarter. So they're up, thir- you know, they're up 18 points in this game. And after being up 18 points, the lead in this game felt like, okay, the Warriors at home, they're going to win this game. You know, it's an, it's insanely hard to sweep a baseball style series, especially on the road, especially when you have Steph, Chris Paul, uh, you have Clay Thompson and you have the Aaron Wiggins game. Like, I mean, the Andrew Wiggins game, the Andrew Wiggins game happens every time he plays the thunder. It feels like for the most part, and Andrew Wiggins was an absolute thunder killer in this game as well. So it felt like this was trending golden state in a big way. And then the Thunder started chipping away and chipping away. But the Warriors kind of had answers for them in the early fourth quarter. But then it was an onslaught from there. The, the, the Thunder chipped that lead all the way down to about five or four and then got SGA back in the game. SGA uh, then brought them to the lead in this game and kind of swung the lead up to a Thunder five-point lead. The Warriors came back and, 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 and Andrew Wiggins Andrew Wiggins hit that three on an offensive rebound, which had the Thunder community losing their mind. Uh, and, and it put the Warriors up by three. And then Chet Holmgren hits that turnaround in the corner, three-pointer. We've seen that a lot in OKC uh, before. Chet Holmgren's a massive shot, goes to overtime, and OKC goes off from there. But in this game, what I think the biggest point of emphasis of this game is just to simply enjoy this, if you're a fan. It is so easy you know, to get caught up in the weeds of like offensive rebounding is an issue. They might turn the ball over a little bit too much here. What, what are they going to do in the future? How are they going to pay all these guys? What's the, going to be the next trade? Who are they going to put, put all these uh, picks into and, and, and trade them all for? Who are they going to draft in the upcoming draft? It's so easy to get really deep into the nuances that sometimes I think fans forget to just take a step back and look at this for what it is. Was this a perfect game? Of course not. You don't get down 18 points by playing a perfect game. I'm not going to try to sell you on that. But the second youngest team in the NBA got down 18 points to Golden State, who had Steph Curry, who had Clay, who had Chris Ball, who had those guys, in a game where they saw 17 lead changes, 15 ties, and the Thunder won. The Thunder outlasted Golden State. A young team is not supposed to be able to close out games. And not only did they come back, not only did they lose their lead once they came back, but they closed it out in overtime on the road. That is a very tough thing to do. And this Thunder team has arrived. And, and I'm not going to say that they've arrived as like title contenders. I, I do not believe the Thunder are going to contend for a championship this year. Uh, we can ride the sugar rush of what this game uh, felt like, especially because this fan base, of course, uh, has deep-rooted history with Golden State. So anytime you beat Golden State in general, it's going to feel big, especially when you beat them in this scenario. But what I'm saying, enjoy this and, and saying that they've arrived. I mean, I mean these two things. You got to enjoy the fact that like this young team, you're watching them come together. 
you're watching them even within the, the shape of the first month of the season. They're learning lessons, they're making corrections, and they're developing just on the fly. So like you're, you're going to need to watch that in real time. And you're also going to watch the early stages of what's going to be a title contending team, what's going to be a really, really good team. And, the, and every other fan base, every national media person, every peop, every person on NBA teams and on coaching staffs, they all can feel it. They all are not afraid to say it. And they're all kind of embracing it. Whereas I think that some fans can get caught up in, well, you know, they're not a good offensive rebounding team this year. Yeah, they, they're going to have issues this year. They're going to have issues uh, pretty much every year because there's never really a perfect team. Every team has something that they do pretty bad. Uh, and this year, the goal is not to stack up with Denver. The goal is not to stack up with Boston. The goal is to take another step. And what taking another step looks like is the fact that for the second straight game, you were able to not only weather the storm in non-SGA minutes, but in Thursday, you grew your lead. In this game, you chipped that lead all the way down to where all SGA had to come back to was to take it over the hump, and he did that. So, like, that's progression. That's what you're looking for this season. That's the other step. That's the enjoyable part of this ride. This is a young Thunder team that's going to continue to figure it out. And when you look around the NBA and you look around from got, you know, teams that got off to a slow start, injury issues around the NBA and everything else in this tough Western Conference, the Thunder have set themselves up in the first month to be in the top six of the Western Conference, which is which would be great for this Thunder team if they can continue to play on this pace. But ultimately, you go on the road, you score 130 points, and only have 10 turnovers to Golden State 16, 52 uh, shooting from the floor, 34 from the three-point line, 90 from the free throw line for OKC. Uh, the Thunder dominate points in the paint. Warriors beat them in second chance points, 21-14, and fast break points goes to OKC, 15-11. to Ultimately, this is a really good game from OKC and just an exhilarating win that was capped off by Chet Holmgren looking like an absolute star, and he is an absolute star in the making for OKC. The things that he's able to do to shoot 63% in this game from the floor while going two for five from three, that's 40%, six for seven at the free throw line. The, the free throw rate has been sustainable from the preseason onward of he's having ways and creative ways to get to the free throw line. Hauling 10 rebounds, six of them defensively, five, uh, you know, five assists, two steals, two blocks in this one, and 36 points, including the epic turnaround corner three with one point, what was it, 1.9 seconds remaining on the clock. Uh, Chet Holmgren can do it all. He can run transition for you offensively. He can play make for you offensively. He can shoot threes on the catch and shoot. He can shoot off the bounce. He can drive. He can cut. He can pick and roll, pick and pop. He does everything for you. And this game was another visual you know, visual example of what we've talked about all preseason long of the Thunder. The advantage that they have is it's going to be very hard to find a night where, yeah, they might get down big. They might, they might start out slow, but – you're going to flip through this roster and be unashamed to do so to the point where you're going to find a combination that works. You're going to find guys who are having really good nights and then you're going to stick with them. Like in this game, the only players you didn't try were Bertans, Trayman, and Pokoshevsky. And then of course, the, the, all of the two-way guys were out and then Usman Jennings in the G League. So the only players you didn't try were Bertans, Man, and Pokoshevsky. You gave five minutes to Jay Will. You gave seven to, to Michich. You gave six to Wiggins. And... Most notably, you only gave 22 to Josh Giddy and 26 to Lou Dort because you're not afraid. You have, a, you have a head coach who's not afraid to just stick with the hot hand and stick with the matchups that are working. 
you stick with a rookie in Casey Wallace who's delivering such excellent defense on Steph Curry, the, the best defense that you can give, plus with what the threat he provides offensively. You stick with Isaiah Joe, who goes two for four from three and four for nine from the floor. And you have Kenneth Williams, who, who is setting the table and setting the tone defensively. And so it, it was better in this game to close with Joe and, and, and Wallace and, and Kenny than to close with uh, Josh Giddey and Lou Dort. At times, you know, especially Josh Giddy, of course, didn't play a lot uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, it, but it was easier. It was better to close with those other guys. And there's going to be nights where it's the opposite. There's going to be nights where uh, it's better or easier or, or the matchup indicates that you should close with Josh Giddy over those guys. But having a head coach who's not afraid to make those calls is the difference in being a good team, especially for an 82-game stretch. How many times do you watch a head coach and, you know, they are they are rigid, with, hey, these are the eight guys we're going to play every single night, and, and that's the bottom line. We're not going to deviate from it. We're not going to change from it. These are our eight guys. You know, you saw Josh play the beginning of that fourth quarter. He played five minutes in the fourth, uh, and then and they turned the keys back over to, um, you know, back over to SGA and, and to the to the other guys that we mentioned. And then in, in overtime, didn't didn't play in this one uh, in overtime hardly uh, at all, even in this game. So, like, you saw a huge difference there for the Thunder. They closed with uh, the the – the ones that they brought to the dance to get them over the hump and get them on 18-point comeback. I, I think that this Thunder team has arrived in the sense of there's not going to be very many teams better than them uh, in the 82-game stretch. And we knew that. And we knew this is a young team that's going to take the 82-game the, the seriously. This is a young team that had depth to, to navigate whenever guys had off nights. And I think that this Thunder team has an insanely good defense and has ways to beat you offensively. And to this point, the stats prove that they have a good offense. But, of course, I'm just going to go with they have ways to beat you offensively because they're so creative with how they can do it. They can get out and run, uh, and then they have a lot of guys who can cut and play make and all that good stuff. And even Josh Giddy tonight, I, I, I think that, you know, there's always going to be someone who who people are going to want to to be, you know, overly negative about or whatever you want to call it. But I think that Josh, the main thing was that the shots just didn't fall. Like, yeah, he only shot 40% from the floor, but I thought that those shots were good shots, and I thought that he got to his spots very well. He just couldn't get the ball in the hole. And, and we've said that a lot about Josh Giddy. So I'm going to say, uh, and I want to stress that, eventually the shots have to fall, like, right? Like, eventually you, you you fall into, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying he's training anywhere close to this, but I'm, I'm just saying that as an example of offensively. You know, Trey Mann, for example, he gets he creates open space. He creates open looks. The shots just don't go in, and I don't know why that is. I, I, I can't really speak to why the, why they don't go in, but he, as, as I use the example of Trey Mann all the time, of like if you press pause on a lot of Trey Mann shot attempts, you would say, wow, great job by Trey Mann, great look, and then they just don't go in. And that's that's how Josh Giddy's season is beginning this season, where he it looks so bad on paper, but when you go back and actually watch it, the process is not that bad a lot of the times. A lot of the times the process is good uh, and, and the shots are just not going in. And I think that we've shown, we've, you know, we, we've seen that Josh Giddy is going to figure it out and is going to have the ball go in the hole a lot more. Uh, and the three-point shooting is taking a little bit of a turn in recent in recent games, but we're not going to, of course, lean on that or depend on that in any way. But Josh Giddy, I think, had a better game than he gets credit for. He was pivotal in, in kind of keeping this team afloat and uh, not only that, but chipping away uh, in the fourth quarter in those five minutes before – um, before SGA could return to the floor and and the team could uh, finish it off. But really good job from him overall. I mean, five five rebounds, two assists, a steal, two blocks. And the beautiful thing about this team right now is that there's just no egos on this team. So, like, 
Josh didn't get the play at the end of it because, you know, Joe and Kaysen and Kenrich were better options. And, and that's all there is to it. And you just move on. And, you know, Portland is a new day and a new rotation and a new uh, opportunity for these players to, to change ways. But I want to talk Chet Holmgren being an absolute star coming up. But first, I want to say right now, our good friends over at Game Time, folks. Game Time is there for you right now to get the lowest prices guaranteed on the last-minute tickets. You can go there and you're going to want to check out uh, that game against the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday because the Bulls, not trending in a very good direction. You're going to want to welcome the Thunder back after a really good uh, road trip and uh, welcome them back to Paycom. And you might have family in town. I might want to take them out to a basketball game as they as they come into town. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're thinking right now, you know, I'd love to go, but, uh, you know, I just don't know if I can swing it. That's fine. You can wait all the way up until tip-off and, and, and wait to buy these tickets at game time to see kind of how travel unfolds and how uh, when your family gets into town, whatever's going on, of course, as you hustle and bustle to get Thanksgiving ready. So game time is a great luxury, especially for games like Wednesday and then Saturday where you're, you're in the midst of the holiday season and you just don't quite know right now what your plans are. That's the beauty of game time. They have lowest prices, last-minute tickets guaranteed. Check it out today at gametime.com or the game time app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. For $20 off your first purchase, that's code Locked in NBA for $20 off your first purchase. You get a view from your seat. You get all that fun stuff over there at game time. Use the code Locked in NBA, $20 off your first purchase. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, I want to say right now that we are very excited to see what Chet Holmgren is blossoming into, and that is a star in this league. Like Chet Holmgren, 36 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, only two fouls and two pretty quick fouls. Like those are those are like first half, first quarter fouls from Chet Holmgren. And then he corrected himself and he, and he kind of and those are fouls really that uh, he kind of gave away. Like, like he he tried to contest a shot that that he was already beat on and I, and I get it because it was a guard that drove and you know you, you have such a great recovery speed. So you know we we can debate if that was a giveaway foul. Uh, it just didn't, I just didn't think he had the, quite the angle to to do anything with, but I understand the the motive and like the mindset to go for it. And then one was just a, he opened his hip too much on a screen and it gets called from legal screen. Like I, I get wanting to clip the guy, but you can kind of just rescreen if you need to after, uh, after the initial action. But still, those are the only two fouls. Like he, he was able to protect the rim, be such a massive presence down there, blocking Steph Curry uh, at the rim. Like it was this Curry camp. Uh, and of course the two steals also played a part in, in protecting himself defensively. Uh, he was awesome. 10 rebounds. And, and, and yes, there were, there were highlights and there were plays where Kevon Looney got the best of them. I think that uh, people don't don't give enough credit to. Part of that is just how good the Warriors are in the sense of how you have to play their screens. Like, yes, in a perfect world, you can just play drop coverage on, on Kevon Looney every single time and you have a much better chance to, to stop him and you have a really good shot blocker in Chet Holmgren who more often than not will be able to get the stop. But the problem is you go back and look, a lot of those Kevon Looney baskets 
you know, the, the Warriors are so lethal, especially running those with, with Steph Curry, where you have to play even with the screen and you have to, to go up on the ball handler to where you're now playing catch up to get back to a really uh, aggressive, springy, athletic Kevin Looney at the rim. That's not going to work out for you a lot of the times. And then there's also times where you just, you know, are going to have to tip your cap to Kevin Looney's a really physical uh, and, and, and good big man uh, for his role. Chet Holmgren, though, you take the trade-off. You take the trade-off of a couple Kevon Looney baskets for the ability to have a five who can run the floor in transition. That was a huge transition bucket from him uh, in the fourth quarter. And who can, on a play where I assume it was kind of a, a little bit of a busted play, uh, have a, an opportunity to bail you out in the, the corner here and just do a turnaround corner three and splash at home and then have that that killer instinct. And he, he mentioned this same comparison after the game with Nick Gallo. Uh, on Bali Sports of, you know, the game that he watched the, the Thunder play from the sidelines, how valuable that was of watching Shea, uh, I believe this was the Wizards game, watching Shea hit, hit that go-ahead shot and he's he's going back to the sidelines and everyone's freaking out and he's just saying, you know, one more stop, one more stop. Uh, you know, we need to stay locked in for one more stop. And that, that played into Chet Holmgren after hitting that massive shot. And you, you put yourself there of Chet Holmgren. You know, here's this guy who's been hyped up so long had to take a year off of basketball, his first injury of his life, and then his first time away from basketball in his life, year off of basketball last year. He's playing in Golden State. And, and I know Thunder fans do not like Golden State, but you know, a guy Chet Holmgren's age, like Golden State has been the thing in basketball, has been the dynasty, has been the blue blood organization in basketball. You know, for for the for the majority of Chet Holmgren's life, especially his life, if you only count um, you know, his his cognitive basketball watching years. It's like he he went to Curry Camp. He has the highlight of Curry Camp of blocking Steph Curry. Like he obviously uh had a great relationship with KD, who of course played for the Thunder and played for the Warriors. Like you you have that connection. He understands as a basketball junkie what this, you know, if you want to call it a rivalry still, what this rivalry means and what what this game means every time these two teams played. The the, the beauty of Chet Holmgren is he understands all of that as just a basketball savant. And to be able to put yourself there on your first real just jaw-dropping, no doubt about it game, right? Like there, he's had really good, great games to this point. He's played really well to this point, but he's played really well on the stage of the Thunder, on the stage of like Thunder fans, Thunder media, everyone kind of around OKC can appreciate how good he's been. This was a game where it was just undeniable of 36 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, all that good stuff. Your first game like that, where you really, really, really break loose, you hit the game-tying shot in overtime in a wild fashion even. This was not some just clean, perfect catch-and-shoot three. This was a turnaround, rise-up, over-Wiggins three, while kind of falling backwards a little bit in the corner, and you nail it on the road after an eighteen after being down 18 points previously in the game. To have that level of composure, to not just lose your mind, is impressive for a guy his age, and especially age in the sense of like basketball career being 13 games old in the NBA. Like Chet, Chet is just a star in this league. And, the, and, and there's nothing about this that is fluky. Like Chet Holmgren is efficient and Case and Wallace is efficient. Both of these guys deserve the same kind of credit. They're efficient, not because they pass up shots, but because they're just smart with, with when they shoot. And, and there's a difference there a little bit of like, they don't need the perfect shot to shoot, but they're also not going to shoot a bad shot. And so just watching Chet play, everything he does is very repeatable. Like every way, every shot he takes, uh, every, every, you know, defensive coverage, everything he does is very repeatable. It's not just a, 
yeah, you know, you can get away with that playing this team, or you can get away with that once in a blue moon. Like he just does things that are sustainable. Uh, and, and he, he carries over the highs that you put upon him way back in the pre-draft process. Chet's awesome. Chet's a star. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that when we're talking rookie of the year race, that's going to be the big debate this morning heading into the next game against Portland and, and kind of it's going to steal the attention of the basketball world, you know, on, on Sunday, those who pay attention to uh, the NBA on Sundays and not the NFL, it'll steal the attention. It's going to be talking about rookie of the year. Look, the bottom line is the rookie of the year award award votes were, were probably already cast uh, and that there's nothing Chuck could have done to sway them. But there is no denying that if you only look at what's happening on the court, Chet Holmgren's the rookie of the year. There is no denying that if you only look at what's happening on the floor, Chet Holmgren is better than Victor and he's the rookie of the year. He makes an impact on winning games. He's more efficient than Victor and he's just simply better than Victor. Like, yes, Victor looks like he comes out of Space Jam, but Chet Holmgren is a better basketball player than him right now. Now, you can talk about 20 years in the future. You can talk about the value that Chet got from, you know, resting, you know, not resting from being sidelined all last year. But at the end of the day, in these first however many games, Chet's been better than Victor. And again, I'm not going to say that he's going to do that for 20 years and be better than Victor all 20 years, but for this year, he's better. And no matter who you think is better this year, or no matter who you think will be better years from now, one thing's for sure, they are comparable and they are on the same plane. And so the Thunder have added a blue chip, insanely talented player, potential star in this league, I think a star in this league, next to SGA, who's already a superstar. And oh, by the way, J-Dub is not too bad himself. J-Dub is the key to this. I, and I'm not sure, you know, I, I haven't seen the reaction. Of course, I just fired up this pod, so I don't, I don't really know. We'll read more of your takeaways to get some of that reaction. Uh, but J-Dub is the key to all of this, in this game especially. Like, like you do not win this game without, J-Will, you know, without J-Dub in the third quarter, end of the third quarter or fourth quarter, uh, getting those buckets. You, there's just no way you pull this off. The, the ability that he has to get to those step-back, mid-range fall-away shots and the bag he has to score – crafty layups at the rim, hard layups at the rim and get to his spots on the floor beyond, you know, inside the arc, especially, especially just popping up jump shots is really, really good. Six for six at the free throw line, uh, six rebounds, three assists to steal only one turnover while he was kind of for, for a long stretch, he was kind of ingenating, uh, ingenating, that's not a word, is it? Uh, initiating, initiating the offense. Hey folks, I've not gotten to drink a lot of this yet, uh, but we will because uh, there's still a lot to do on thundersintentions.com and of course uh, here on this podcast. But uh, 22 points, really good game from J-Dub and he kept you alive in this one. And, and that's the beauty of the Thunder is that it all works hand in hand. Like you're not, you're not dependent upon one player. And when you get that game from SGA, which was, you're going to get a lot, right? We said it on Thursday. Like Thursday was an, ab- it was an abnormal game from SGA. He's not going to play like that most of the time. And he returned the favor on Saturday. Uh, he, he thanked the Thunder in a big way for picking him up on Thursday by dropping, oh, a ho-hum 40 points on 62% shooting on two for three from three. The one three he missed was a wide open catch and shoot look. Best shot of the night from SGA, but sometimes they just don't go in uh, from, from the three. Uh, but he, he of course, had 40 points, seven boards, six assists, two steals, two blocks. He is a two-way superstar. You do not see guys like him in the NBA very often who are able to get it done to that level offensively, 
and have the motor, the energy, and the effort defensively to become one of the best guard defenders in the NBA. What's scary for the NBA is the Thunder have one of the best guard defenders in the NBA. I can say that phrase. You can rattle off four or five names. Like you can rattle off SGA, Lou Dort. You can rattle off Casey Wallace. You, you can rattle off Kenny Hustle as being a really good defender. Of course, Chet's a really good defender and switchable to an extent. But of course, those three guys, Shea, Casey, and Lou Dort, are going to make their money on the perimeter uh, as is Aaron Wiggins whenever he does play. Like the Thunder are just so good. And I am a firm believer, as I said all along, of like, you're going to have to take your lumps in the postseason. And of course, this is a team that's very heavily reliant on getting out and running. And then in the postseason, you don't run as much in the postseason. It's more dependent on half court offense. Uh, so that'll change things as well. I think you got to see this stuff as a, as a player and a coach. Like we forget that Mark is still so young as a coach that like, I don't know what they're going to do in the postseason, but I would be willing to assure you they will get there. They will get to the postseason and the playoffs and be a top six seed in the West, even for as tough as the West is. Of course, you can't project some catastrophic, unthinkable injury. But if this team is 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 playing from now until April, these core guys, for as for as many games as you can, of course, realistically expect, this team will be a top six seed in the West. Like this is just a stellar basketball team. Now, age wise, maturity wise, um, you know, kind of experience wise, can they can they make a deep run this year? I'm not sure. But even if they can't, even if they, even if all they are is last year's Kings, where they get a, a very high seed in the West, the Kings last year got the third seed in the West, and fall in seven to a to a veteran-led championship-minded team, that is still a massive step for this club that finished two games under 500 last year and got to the play-in in some part due to the Mavericks bowing out. Now I think that they would have gotten there anyway, besides the Mavericks bowing out. But we forget that the, the Thunder did drop some some head-scratching games down the stretch last year. So they just so happened to drop head scratching games at the right time because it was also correlating with Dallas wanting to lose last year. But like this Thunder team deserves a lot of credit for the step they've taken this year uh, and, and and the arrival that they've made with this team. And we'll get to your takeaways now coming up. But first, what's it right now? But good friends over at FanDuel, it's the best time to go to FanDuel right now uh, because FanDuel, when you go there, will give you $150 back uh, in bonus bets on a $5 money line bet that you win. So go to Fender.com slash locked on. That's Fender.com slash locked on. So all you got to do if you're a new customer at FanDuel is go place down a money line bet. And what that is, a money line bet is just who you think will win. That's it. So you can go there to the Thunder Portland game and bet on the money line for the Thunder to win that game as there are seven and a half point favorites on the back-to-back on the road. Sheesh, Portland, come on now. Uh, seven and a half point favorites for the Thunder on the road back-to-back. If you bet the money line and they do win, then boom, you get $150 in bonus bets on top of your winnings at Fandor.com slash locked on. That's Fandor.com slash locked on. I love Fandor right now because you have college basketball and the NBA happening if you're only a basketball person. But if you like hockey, they have hockey. If you like football, they have uh, college football and pro football. Uh, and of course, they have soccer, tennis, esports, everything that you can want uh, there as well. So go check it out today at Fandor.com slash locked on. That's Fandor.com slash locked on. Fandor.com slash locked on for that bonus bet on the $5 Moneyline bet. You are locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I hit every button that was not the right button on that uh, transition. That's what it. That's what happens whenever you record a, a late night pod for the sixth pod of the week. But we'll power through. Sorry about that, folks. Now, looking at your takeaways from this game, uh, Brenna asks or says, uh, Kenny Hustle has only been back for a couple of games, and you can already see how much of an impact he's made. I totally agree. I think that I think that like the Kendrick Williams stuff while he was hurt was kind of poo pooed, poo pooed by uh by a few people of like. Oh, it's Kenneth Williams. Come on. And like, but when you watch him and, and what he means to the fabric of this team, you see it, you see it pop of like what he does defensively, what he does getting you loose change and getting you possessions back and uh, allowing you to have second chances with your top tier guys. Uh, and, and he's, he's awesome. Like, like what a luxury it was, by the way, for Mark to be able to play uh, offense, defense down the stretch and, the offense defense rotation is like, hey, Isaiah Joe, yeah, go go down there, play offense. Kenny Hustle, come down here, play defense. So you go from Isaiah Joe, who is a scrappy defender in his own right, but like obviously he torches the nets from three, to a versatile, bigger Kenny Hustle defensively. Like that is just the luxury you get in tight games like this that you otherwise uh, do not have. Uh, Josh says, Chet's the real deal. No question about it. He'll get pushed around a lot, but the man is a baller. Chet Holmgren is absolutely the real deal and is a star. Uh, Reed Rappaport says, Chet, Kaysen, and Jadup have a total of 114 NBA games played between them. That's an average of 38 games. These guys are not playing like their age or experience, and Chet has more value than in his numbers than Victor does. Both those things I'd agree with. Uh, the young teams are not supposed to do this. Like You should truly enjoy the ride of what this team is doing and how – abnormal it is for a team this age to 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 have these comebacks and to uh, beat these teams and to start this strong like the thunder try as they might this is their best start in decade like in a decade or whatever it's been like in since since uh what was it 13 14 or, or, or yeah, the the uh, the KD MVP year like this is this is a team that is doing things that like the OK3 team couldn't do and the, and the other teams who were trying so hard to win couldn't do uh, it's awesome it's it's awesome to see how they're growing together uh, at Smokey Barra, uh, we were losing when I watched and we won when I stopped watching. That's my theory on why we won. So, yeah, so so the Thunder won when Smokey Barra stopped watching. Maybe uh, maybe you don't watch anymore and just only listen to Locked on Thunder, and that's just the only way you consume the Thunder. Uh, if you do that, <laughs> I appreciate you for listening to Locked on Thunder. Uh, but I hope I can uh, do this team some justice in covering them. Uh, at uh, BPC, I know that the Thunder want to play fast and this offense is good, but I feel like every time the Thunder are under, are under 10 turnovers, uh, they're going to win. So part of that is just a trade-off, right? Like they have to learn to play super fast while limiting turnovers and not giving away turnovers. And tonight they played fast and they only had 10 turnovers. Like So like, yes, the, the more they limit turnovers, the more they're going to win basketball games. But the the, the issue is you you can't, if your only way to limit turnovers is by slowing down, you're going to take away what, why this team is so successful because this team is built to run. It's built to, to flip advantages and to, and to even run off of made buckets by the other team and, and, and to catch you in those moments because everyone can pass play, make cut and be efficient in finding uh, the soft spots of the defense. So like 
the Thunder are just going to have to learn to, to limit turnovers while playing fast, and they've done a better job of that. It was a big problem of mine with the first few games of, of talking about how uh, you know they had to limit turnovers, and a lot of people pointed out like how fast they play and said, well, this is going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen 15, 17 turnovers a game. Getting it down closer to 10, 12 a game, that's where you want to be at with this team, and and that's the trade I feel take. You'll take 10 or 12 turnovers a night with the, with the advantages that you create by running so fast and playing so fast offensively. Uh, at uh, Jacob G, Casey Wallace's defense is insane and not just for a rookie. The stuff Casey Wallace can do on defense is so advanced. And I, I just, I think he can be one of the best defenders in the NBA because of who he's being developed by. Like if this is his starting point defensively and you have this coaching staff with you and these resources with you in this organization, the sky is the limit for what he can be defensively because he has all the physical tools. He has all the physical tools. He has all just the, the, um, you know, basketball savvy things about his game and anticipation skills and instincts about his game to where with more film, whenever you're watching with film with Lou Dort, with more time with this coaching staff, with just more experience of, of, of playing matchups and learning how to play them and learning what they like to do and how to take it away and seeing it in real time with the resource of playing SGA in practice. One of the guys have one of the deepest bags in the NBA, one of the best scores in the NBA, all those things, you have all those resources. And this is your starting point as a, as a 20 year old kid, my case and Wallace will be one of the best defenders in the league. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, his defense is special uh, rookie or not. He is really, really good uh, at, uh, <laughs> At Glizzy Bandit says, pause, Shea is our best on-ball guard. I wouldn't say that, but Shea's an incredible defender. And anyone who tries to tell you like, well, you know, steals and blocks doesn't make him a good defender, then watch the games. He's, he's, a, he's a good defender, even independent of steals or blocks or deflections. Those are just measurements to go along with the eye test. Anyone who is trying to convince you that SGA is not a good defender, is trying to hold on to previous narratives that they've already created in their head and they don't want to be wrong. And they don't want to say, oh, guys can get better, guys can adjust. Shea has adjusted, he's gotten better. He is a really, really good defender. It just so happens he plays on a team where you have Lou Dort and you have Casey Wallace. So that's why I wouldn't say he's the best uh, on-ball on defender, but he, he is one of the best. And he and I think he's one of the best in the league of being a two-way star of, of like doing it on both ends, especially. But Shea's a really good defender, like, like really, really good. Uh, and some of the corner three stuff gets attributed to him. That's just how the Thunder play basketball. That's not that's not about Shea. Uh, that's about how the Thunder want to play basketball. They want to uh, hone in and crash in the paint and live with some corner threes depending on who's in the corner. Uh, and so just because Shea sometimes is the one racing out there, it's his job to go kind of close out in that rotation and with the way that they're positioned. But that could have been anyone in that position, depending on their rotation. It's just how they want to play. They want to be late closing out to those uh, corners because they're so young and because they're so athletic and lengthy that they want to be able to, to use uh, their ability to crash in the paint and kind of address that first and then react to that, react to the corner threes because they feel like with, with the size and length they have in the court that they can react to that pretty well. Like how many times have you seen uh, during the rotation tonight even where it was Chet's job to go race out to the corner uh, because of where the ball was on the floor, because of where the rotations were on the floor. And Chet races out to the corner and uh, does a great job of staying planted on Chris Paul, takes away an open three from Chris Paul in the corner, and uh, it, it negates a whole Warriors possession. Like So like the corner three stuff gets attributed to him a lot. It's not really on Shea. It's just how they play basketball. Uh, from uh, Hannah, Chet is unreal. Uh, the Thunder of a starting solid five. 
and best off the bench players. Everyone meshes so well. The Thunder are awesome in this game and, and, and the Thunder young core is great. And I totally agree that like this team is meshing pretty well and they're still learning to play together. And, and, and I, I just, I just cannot wait to see what this looks like in a couple of months even, but you know, you just got to enjoy what it is right now. And I want to talk about, you know, tonight's game at the end here too, but some more takeaways from Ismail. Uh, the Thunder have arrived. <laughs> I, I laid it out earlier. What I think about like the term arrived, I would agree with you as long as you're keeping it in perspective of like the arrival is, Hey, this is going to be a tough, tough, tough out in the West. And they have the spunk to go on a surprise run. Like they could shock the world and, and go long, but the expectation should not be an arrival of like championship contention. The expectation should still be, hey, be top six in the West. I think that that is a comfortable expectation for this team. Barring, you know, injuries or whatever, like if this team is healthy, for the most part, like healthy, of course, you're going to have some bumps and bruises, but for the most part healthy this year, then with, with the starting point that they've cushioned themselves to this point, they should be a top six seed in the West. And that'd be a massive arrival. It'd be a massive step for them. And then once you get there, once you get to the dance, you got to survive in advance and anything can happen. Now, wh- wh- whenever you have the combination of a superstar and SGA and you have tighter rotations and you have a Chet Holmgren and you have a J-Dub, then anything can happen once you get to the postseason. So that's where I'd say it's an arrival of like, this is going to be a really good team. Uh, Sportsfan 101 says this team looks like a playoff team. And I'm not talking about the sixth to eighth seed. Uh, Shea looks like he can average 28 and 38 or 38 plus points per game uh, with more talent around him. Shea is an MVP caliber player. Like Shea is an MVP caliber player. What he is able to do on the floor to remain so efficient, to to be engaged defensively, you just cannot rave about enough. Uh, At Canari, Canaro, sorry if I mispronounced that. I know I did, but I'm sorry (laughs) on the front end. What's going on with Josh Giddy? He he never plays at the end of the games. And tonight he only played uh, 22 minutes, starting to get worried. I think that this is just the Thunder having a coach, like I mentioned, who is willing to stick with guys who are playing well and not try to force other players into their rotation or force other players uh, kind of uh, back into the lineups. If if you don't have it that night, you don't have it, and that's okay. That's not like a terrible thing. You're going to get another opportunity, but other guys are just playing better. And frankly, you know, Josh has to earn the, the ability to close games. Like he has to play better. And when he plays better, he'll close games. And this was the same thing as last year. Like I know last year, a lot of people didn't like pay as close attention to the rotations. Cause like it, that last year kind of felt like such a house money year and it doesn't have the pressure that this year has on it. But last year, go back and watch some of those games. Like go back and look at the, the logs of, of when guys played last year, Josh was getting benched at times because other guys were playing better. And so if you want to stay on the floor, you got to play like this team is so deep. Like I know it's a young team and I know uh, that they're still uh, talking about development, but this team is so deep that if you're not going to play well, there's going to be other guys who will and who are behind you. So I, I think that that's so more what it is for Josh and for the Thunder. Uh, and eventually it'll swing back around to Josh, I think, uh, with this team and with this uh, season even. It's just that it, it's off to a slow start for Josh so far. Now, let's talk Portland tonight. We're going to be back here after the Portland game to recap it all. This is going to be a tough game still. I don't think that people, you know, it's it's going to be, I know that the Blazers are bad, but it's going to be the fourth night and, th- and you know, the fourth game in three nights. It'll be a back-to-back on the road. So you've got to travel to Portland right now, play in Portland tomorrow, and then come back to OKC uh, with a couple of days off to play the Bulls on Wednesday. So it's a back-to-back. It's a road, road back-to-back. It's the fourth game in, th- you know, it's the third game in three nights, uh, 
fourth game, third game in four nights. Okay, this is getting uh, a little out of hand. I apologize. A little sloppy here, like the third quarter thunder a little bit tonight. Uh, so it's still going to be an impressive win if they can pull it off. The thing is, these games are so critical. I know you just played an overtime game. I know you just played an emotional game where you come back from 18 points. This is going to be a great test for the Thunder. So no matter what happens, like go into this with like, hey, this is going to be a great test of like a litmus test of where they're at. Because if they win, like if they get a blowout win, like, like you would expect on paper, and even Vegas is expecting still, if you get a blowout win, that is not like a, oh, okay, they beat Portland, they suck. No, that is like a wow. Like this young team was able to compartmentalize what happened less than 24 hours ago, go out there in Portland and get a massive win with little rest and in the midst of a road trip on getaway day uh, and, and we're able to get over the hump. And if they struggle out of the gate, hey, that's a young team that's like still trying to figure out the ebbs and flows of an NBA schedule and season and the highs and the lows and like uh, getting back on track, getting back on the horse uh, after – uh, after such a such a such a such a exhilarating win from Golden State uh, or against Golden State, so I'm interested to see how they respond. Like how they respond will be huge. Now, either way, if it's a great response or a bad response, their response will not be like for me panic button response. It's just be like a noteworthy response of like, oh, this is what they did uh, against this matchup. So this is still I know it's not the flashy names of Golden State and not the kind of deep rooted history of Golden State, but this is still a very important game for OKC on Sunday because if you can take advantage of Portland and of, of playing this bad team tonight, if you can take advantage of that, then get a couple days off. You welcome in Billy Donovan's Bulls. The Bulls are in disarray right now. You get a win heading into the holidays, and you've more than capitalized on this cushiony stretch right here, which turned into a cushiony stretch because Draymond choked somebody out. And of course, Steph missed Thursday. Now you, you take advantage of this more soft portion of the schedule before you roll into Philadelphia and Minnesota and all these other teams. So it's still a big game tonight. And we're still going to have you covered here on Locked on Thunder for what will be the seventh part of the week, but it'll go up as Monday's episode. So uh, be there or be square. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder anywhere. You get your podcast from, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, as we recap the Portland game, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.